How to transform your passion into a successful startup. Welcome to Lead, an inspiring podcast that focuses on the creative spirit inside us all. Jocelyn Bellows interviews accomplished entrepreneurs about overcoming obstacles and achieving greatness. Join us today and lead into a fulfilling and successful life. This is Jocelyn. Uh, welcome to another edition of Lee. I have um, guests returning. Uh, for those of you who have already listened in to Melavora Part 1, I've got Chris and Jen with Melavora um, as Part 2 because we really just didn't cover it all. So wanted to invite them back and they graciously accepted. And uh, wanted to say welcome back. Hi, guys. Good morning. Uh, hello. So <laughs> we're live. And just for those of you guys, it's fun. Um, today, we're actually recording via Zoom and had a nice little conversation. Chris was concerned about his hair and if it was a mess or not. And I, I reassured him that it's radio and we're all good. So <laughs> on that, <laughs> sorry, Chris, I'm throwing you under the bus. Um, welcome back. And so glad you guys the invite. And really want to jump in to, so our first conversation, we talked a little bit about the origin story, what got you guys started. Um, you know, you've been around now for what, a year and a half? Am I getting that correct? Two years. Two years? Two years. Okay. Yeah. So now you're two years in, we talked a little bit about the origin and what that meant to you. So where are you today? What's what's going on with Melavore right now? Well, we're still going at it. We've gotten into another larger retailer since we talked last. Awesome. And we're working on another larger retailer right now. Hopefully we can find some kind of way to get into that store. Or that company, and then we are looking at an expansion with one of our larger retailers also. So we're working on kind of those are three things that we're working on and we're kind of waiting to hear back from. And it's a lot of back and forth. And so I think that's something that people have to realize when they're growing a brand is you have to be willing to be patient. You what you kind of we call it farming. We put seeds out all the time and then you kind of have to water them and watch them grow and you just have to follow up and, and be patient and follow up and realize that other people have things going on too and that's just the way it works and um so that's where that's where we're going now we've come out with a couple new pairs one of them is called illuminate it's a grand tetons pair and then let's see i think did we have embrace out when we mm -hmm. talked last it, embrace was our our newest one up until then and we're starting to kind of look at maybe going to some other states and we're already doing photos of other states and, and leggings based off of other states, but we're looking to do events at other states and kind of branch out a little bit and kind of test the market waters to see how people accept or decline what we're doing. Awesome. So I want to start, uh, I want to dive into, you said you've already, you had an expansion in one of your large retailers. Is that, what does that expansion look like? So currently we're in eight of their stores. Um, and so I, you know, part of, so just so we can give some people some feedback on like how this really works, because one of the things that you'll see with a lot of brand startups is, you know, they want to get their brand out and, they, and, they, and they're wondering like how. So there, there is, there is a, a, a way of doing this. But what people have to realize is once again, is patience is key. It, it truly is. Patience is key and not setting your expectations too high in the beginning. Always have high demand on yourself, but maybe be 
be realistic about what you're going to accomplish. Um, so what that looks like is we started, we're in like seven or eight of their stores right now, and we're looking to move into another 13. And then from there, if we can make this work, we will try to move into a national campaign. So that would be more like maybe 300 stores, 250 to 300. They have 420 stores, but obviously, you know, they're slower moving stores are not going to carry some of our products. And that's just kind of how it works. We've moved into Jack's, which is uh, Jack's Outdoor, which is out north. They got five stores. Um, and so we're in their stores now. And it's been going well. We're, we, you know, we're looking to, we're looking to try to get into REI. That's one that we're working on right now. Uh, that is obviously a long-term process. When you start to plant seeds um, in all these different retailers, you know, that's the space that you're in. Do you, how do you guys goal set, number one? And do you give yourself sort of deadlines of when you're hoping to hit certain marks? One of the things that, that, how do you go about it? It's a lot of legwork for Jen and I. Jen will do, what we'll do is we find retailers that are kind of in the same ethos as us, like same mindset. What are they trying to accomplish? And what people have to realize is most most of the retailers that they're going to approach will ignore them or will not respond to them or they won't hear back. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've gone into retailers where we just walk, we send them an email and then we show up a week later person we show them some samples sometimes they don't like it you know sometimes they do and it's really a it's really a hit or miss and, and i'll tell you one of the reasons why one of the reasons why clothing fail is because people are too prideful about what they're doing and so you have to take a step back and put yourself in the position of a buyer you have thousands of brands approaching you every year, and, and, and most of the brands have no validity. And that's just a fact. You know, if you're doing something that everyone else is doing, your chances of survival are even slimmer. So let me put this in perspective. If you come out with a plaid shirt and you say, oh, this is my, my plaid shirt, and I'm going to sell this is what I want to get into retailers. How are you going to beat Patagonia? How are you going to beat North Face? How are you not going to beat them? How are you going to compete with them? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's the same with the t-shirts. If you're going to just start a screen printing business because you think your t-shirts are cool, you got to really take a large step back and see, what are we actually trying to achieve with these t-shirts and what are we doing? Because there's a million other t-shirt brands out there that are fighting for the same market space. So if you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're setting yourself up to struggle even more. And then, you know, you get into the things where it's like you have to realize that there is, there is this. you got to put yourself in the, in the buyer's position. Why is a buyer going to be in a local company? I mean, if you're just a local company and you're making a T-shirt that says nature's awesome or I like beer or whatever the T-shirt says, and you have North Face making a shirt that's already got a brand that people connect with, and they're selling it for 25% cheaper than you are, and they can scale 10 times faster than you can, how are you going to No, I don't mean to sound harsh because that's not what the point is. The point is is that I'm trying to give some guidance because we've been at it technically for two and a half years, 
We've been out with product for going on two years now. And so we have made a lot of the mistakes along the way that people haven't. What are your thoughts, Jen? Well, it's a, it's a lot of tug of war. You know, it's like give and take. You have to see that the buyer is going to want one thing from you and you're going to want one thing from the buyer. So you really have to look at it as a two-way street to make the relationship work with the buyer and the store and their community. Yep. Yep. And you got to be patient. You have to be patient. You have to be persistent. Um, you're going to get a lot of money. We still get money. And we've been at it for, for a little while, and we still get those. And we have, we earn a couple lots of retailers, and then we have, you know, like 20 independent retailers, and we're always working with our independent retailers. We're always working with them. We try to make our retailers and our customers happy. That's mm-hmm. what we do. We believe in what we're doing, and we work to give them more than just a product. You see, because what we're coming up to now is a time where it's like, look, People wonder why, you know, the, the, the buying habits are changing for retail. The buying habits are changing for storefronts. You have companies like JCPenney, Sears, and these were huge companies at one time, and they're failing. Okay, there's a reason why. But what we, people have to realize is people are changing their buying habits because when they're spending money now, what are they spending and what's driving them to spend? Okay. You have some people who are just brand associated where they're like, I got to buy it because it's just brand. And then you have people who are associated with the, what is a brand? What's the meaning behind it? And, and what are, what is, what's the big picture for this company? Um, but I think goes on, people don't realize you've got to bring more to the table than just a product. You have to bring experience. You have to bring a bigger picture to the table now. It's not just 50,000 t-shirts delivered and you sell 50,000 t-shirts. It's not how it works anymore. You, you might get 50,000 t-shirts as a large retailer and only sell 10% of them at full price and then you're knocking it down, knocking it down, price, price. And now you have buyers that are only for the price point. See, Malavora is not, is not that type of a company because our price point is not low and we don't discount it. So for the most part, we don't, we don't ever run a discount. Whole Foods, if they run a discount, they do that on, you know, they can do that. But from our website and our direct sales, for the most part, we don't discount. We might do a little bit of a discount if you catch us at like an event. But outside of that, we keep the price in line all the time. Yeah, and I, I recall we, we talked a bit about that and in, in brand integrity in our first conversation around around your price point and, and how in intentional you were in entering the market and the com- and the, the decisions you've been continuing to make um, as you scale and build. I want to go back though, and I'm glad you kind of touched on it, but I want to go back, Chris, to um, something you mentioned and you, you kind of, you touched on, you, you come into these retailers and where you have an intention and, and where you want to go, there's a, there's a way that you need to set yourself apart from everybody else. So how important is it to really understand who you are as an organization, who you are as a brand identity before you start to actually put yourself out there? And, and does that change over time as well? Okay, so yeah, you have to, when you come into this, you need to know what your goal is. You need to know what your brand is because if you're flip-flopping, you are going to fail. So 
there, I, I don't want, once again, it's, it's not, it, it's not me being, trying to be like a harsh reality to people who are going to listen to this and say, oh, I want to start my own brand. It, it, it's a reality that they really need to take into account. Um, the difference between Jen and I and many other people who are starting their own brands is they're, they're doing it on the side. They have a full-time job. They're, you know, this is, they show up and they sell some products at an event or whatever. And then they try, you know, they're trying to grow a brand that way. And they're doing a lot of, you know, consignment or whatever this. Jen and I do this full-time. We've been doing this full-time for two years. We have no, we have no fallback. There is no fallback plan. It's you either do this and survive or you starve and fail. And so we have a very different perspective on, on this than many because we do it full-time every single day and have been for two years. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it full time for two and a half years, really. And so, yeah, you need to know your identity and your brand. And what will happen is, is, is your brand will evolve. You know, it's like anything. You start something, it's like a Tesla. Tesla started off with a sports car. They realized that they could not be a viable company with just a sports car. They knew they had to come out with something different. That's when they came out with the four-door Tesla. And then, and, and now they're evolving more and more. And I'm just using them as an example. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was one of their, you know, the main things that um, Elon Musk wanted to do was he wanted to make a sports car that was electric and blah, blah, blah. Great. But you can, not everybody wants an electric sports car. There's people who want electric SUVs and electric stands. Mm -hmm. So his brand changed. Yes, he's kept the principle. Go ahead, Jen. I think that's where you have to listen to the customer, you know. We can want one thing for the brand and the customer can want another thing. And that's where we have to look at both sides and really find out what is the best avenue to go. And you can't just be bullheaded like we want to be and say, hey, we're going to go this way. And that's what we want to do. But then the customer wants to go this way. You have to meet in the middle and really find that common ground to say, hey, you know, this is the best way to go for retail, for wholesale, for events, for direct consumer and everything that too. So, so with, with Jen saying that, um, yes, yeah, she's, you're, you're dead on. Yeah. What, what, what we realize is the consumer loves to categorize. Okay. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So consumers, um, are like, oh, you're putting uh, picture on a legging, or they like to categorize it with another with another thing. Oh, this is a yoga legging. Oh, this is a this is a, what kind of is this a yoga legging? We get that a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, look, this isn't a yoga legging. This is a lifestyle product. You can wear this when you're out in town and you want to wear it with high heels. You can wear it when you're on a mountain. You can wear it when you're at the beach. You can wear it when you're at the lake, and you can wear it to sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. What we want is people to realize, to open up their minds and say, oh, you don't have to wear just a black legging or a gray legging. Oh, there's art involved in this. Oh, this is fashion. Oh, this is inspiring. Oh, these are comfortable. Oh, they're, they're made here. Oh, they use a U.S. material. See, there's so many faucets. Oh, there's a story behind every pair. There's so many faucets to what we're doing that it's that, um, that consumers – struggle with with understanding that sometimes and not that they're not that they're not that they're incapable of it they are mm -hmm. people people give people less credit than they deserve for being smooth people are not dumb okay 
we, a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, well, they don't get it. They're just not used to it. They're just, it's just something different. Their habit They're processing. is to go with a big box. You know, your habit is to go to the grocery store and buy that same food item. We're the food item by yourself that's uh, you know, black sheep or family over in the left corner because we're different and we're giving more to the consumer than the average you know, box in the shelf. We are investing long term for our customers, which is that short term. We are organic food products 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, before organic food products were known and popular. Um, we're doing things now that very, very few companies are doing. Like what? What's that? Like, like what? What are, what are some things that set you apart? Well, we, we produce locally. Okay. We use U.S. materials. The reason why we use a U.S. material is because we want to make sure that the material that's being milled is material that's being milled and the people that are milling it are getting paid a correct wage. You see, if we buy import material overseas, we can't, we can't verify that. So that's, you know, so those, there's two things that we do. What else are we doing that's different? Well, we're putting photos on leggings and, and offering people an inspirational story that, that's real. That's It's real. Um, you know, those are things that we do that's different. We, we take a different approach to a lot of things we do. And sometimes that doesn't jive with people and they don't like it. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. You have to be willing to take negative feedback and criticism. And, and that's one of the biggest things I think that makes people fail or quit is they don't like the criticism. And how do you guys take that when you get feedback that may misalign with what you'd hoped it to be? You know, I used to, in the beginning, it was a little bit harder on me. And now I'm like, whatever. I, I honestly, I look at the feedback from an objective standpoint. Do they have legitimate points here? Okay, they do. Let's look at them. Or are they just being, you know, maybe they're having an off day. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Don't let it go. Move on. Yeah, like you say, maybe they're not re- they're not ready to accept the product. Exactly. You know, if you're you can't force a product onto somebody even if they're not ready to accept it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good way to because you know maybe you're not doing something wrong. It just, it's not the right time. Yeah. And I think that right there, Jen, is such an application, not only for you specifically, but that is, I think that's a universal piece. Um, You know, I I spend, I've been spending quite a bit of time working with coaches as I build my own coaching practice. You know, I know already I'm meeting people that are ready and accepting. I may not be the match for them. They may not be a match for me. And I think that's just such a universal thing to recognize and understand and and release it. Yeah. Yeah. And not let it, you know, drag you down. It's very easy to, you know, take it personally and to, you know, let it, you know, drag your confidence down or whatever. But I think that's where, you know, we are able to, you know, let it go and, you know, move on to other things that are, you know, positive and can, you know, make us, you know, move forward and not so drag on, you know, the negative comments that we get. You you have to be willing to take the punches every single day. Mm -hmm. If you want to grow a business from the ground up, from, uh, from nothing to something, you have to be willing to take the punches. And when I say that, I mean the punches from consumers who may not adopt your idea right away, punches from all the things that can go wrong. Punches from all the things that you're going to have to spend money on that you may not get ROI. 
all you know it's a it's a it's a big it's a it's a bunch of micro things that 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 come to a big macro level. And what people have to realize is they they got they have to realize that it's not gonna just work out perfect. And it's not gonna just you know you you know what the big take New Belgium Brewing. Okay, take some of these breweries. Now I'm going back in the day here in the '90s when nobody knew about them. You know, Budweiser is like let's just say Budweiser's like the Nike of a Right? They've been around for a long time, and they're good at what they do. Let's face it. They are good at what they do, and there's a reason why they're a multi-billion dollar company. They know what they're doing. And so and so does Nike. You know, people can say, I always talk to Jen because, you know, Nike doesn't produce here. And, and Nike um, is, a, is a big corporation. But what does Nike do well? I'll tell you what Nike does well. Their, their shoes, some of their shoes that they've been making since the 90s are phenomenal quality for the price. They are. They truly are. Like They, they have done such an amazing job of keeping products like the Jordan line and all these different, the Nike Air Max. These are shoes that I grew up wearing that I still buy to this day because I can connect with that era. And they do a fabulous job at it. And people can say what they want, but that's what they've done well. And I'm not saying that I believe in everything that Nike does. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they do well at what they do. They're very good. Um, it's just like Budweiser was very good. And they still are probably at what they do. I'm not saying I don't drink really, so it doesn't matter to me. But what I'm saying is that from a company standpoint, you got to look at some of these companies that have done really well and look at what they do. Um, but you take like New Belgium and stuff, you know, back in the day, people were like, New Belgium? What's that? They called it Fat Tire. They didn't even call it New Belgium. No one knew New Belgium was. It was Fat Tire. You're drinking Fat Tire? What? Um, why are you drinking that? You know, this is, and, and look at them now today. They're, they're extremely well known. They've done extremely well. But I can tell you that along the way, it was not all blend and glamour and great. I can I don't have to know their whole story to know that they went through some really low points and some really high points. And so you know running a business what people look for in business is consistency all the time. And it's a it's fake. It doesn't exist. I don't know how many times I gotta tell people this. Consistency does not exist. It's actually completely not real. It doesn't exist anywhere. And people want to think that because they go to work, they go home, and they do the same thing every day. So somehow they've built up that consistency is real. It's not. And I can prove it. Why? Look at the stock market. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Look at every business that's that, that has made it and hasn't made it. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Finding consistency in business, finding consistency in people's spending habits, in the money flow, it, it doesn't exist. It's not real. There's really nothing in the earth that's even consistent. Well, we think, oh, because, you know, spring, summer, fall. But if you look at the weather, how consistent is it real? You just don't know. Mm-hmm. If, if it was meant to be, it's not meant to be consistent. The earth is constantly evolving and changing. Business is constantly evolving and changing. Your habits as a person are constantly evolving and changing. You're not doing the same thing you did when you were 25. You're not doing the same thing you did when you're, you know, at 45, you're be doing at 55. You see, because evolution of, of what's going on in our world is real. But here's a question I have, because it's funny. I, I, as much as I absolutely agree with what you've just said, consistency, even though it may be sort of a something we've created in our mind, 
I believe consistency is the cause of trust. You know, when you, I mean, you, you sort of said it yourself with Nike, these brands that you've known for 20 years, 25 years, you, you go back to them because you know what you're going to get. So to me, that is, there's a level of consistency and you built and you built consumer trust as a result of that. Sure. So when I say, I mean, you can be consistent as a person. You can be consistent as your business practices. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to relate people to is when they decide to take this leap, okay? Mm-hmm. When they decide to take a step into the business world or growing who they are, or whatever, they, you have to realize that consistency of what you're doing okay. is not going to be there. The fundamentals. The fundamentals. You can be like, so what do I tell Jen all the time? I'm like, we got to do the fundamentals. So is that what we're consistent at all the time? Yes. But you do the fundamentals and you work on the more progressive plays, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and so there's inconsistency in the rewards and, and the effort and all of that. I guess it's hard for me. To, I guess that's the best way that I could say it. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is in the world of business, don't expect everything to be perfectly consistent because it will not happen. But, yeah, you're right. If you're consistent as a brand, then people know what your brand is. So mm-hmm. you can be consistent in that respect as a person but the world around you doesn't necessarily want to be consistent is that mm-hmm. i guess it's kind of what i'm trying to say yeah i think that's a that's a yeah you've clarified on that for sure thank you for that because i and i yeah i would you know i i look at business ownership as a roller coaster yeah <laughs> we talk about that all the time how it's always you know it's it's up and down, up and down all the time. And so people are always, you know, and it's really easy to get hard on yourself when, you know, you're like, Oh, I need to have consistent three or six or 20 or 30% growth month over month. And that's just not a reality in a startup. You have to be willing to take a a, a 70% growth one month, a 30% deduction from that one month, and then back up another and maybe back down. You got to realize that when you're a new brand, you're working on getting, like we talked about the consistency of your brand out there so people know what you are and what you're doing so you're always working on keeping that the same because you want people to connect to it but you got to be willing to take the fact that some months you're going to be down and some months you're going to be up it's not always going to be a rise up mm-hmm. and you just got to be willing to accept that because when you're a new brand you have to work your way to that point to where you have more consistent growth but it's never going to be the same it's always going to be a roller coaster like you said that's just part of the game so when when you hit those tough points, like where you, you know, let's say you have like three months of fantastic growth and then you have a plummet month, where where do you go in your mind to get yourself through that? And, and, and no, I mean, yes, you know, largely that that's the nature of the game, but how do you kind of keep your mindset focused forward and positive and in a growth mindset? Yes. So let's I think you hit on the point right there. Growth, like mindset. The growth mindset. We talk about all the time, you know, are you going to have a fixed and a short-term mindset on this one month that is just uh, not a good month and all these negative things that could happen in a month? Or do you look for the things that you have learned in that month and the things that are going to make you a better person or a better company because of those hard things that have come? And that's, I think, where we, you know, we have a lot of hard times, but we do look at the growth and the things that are going to come from those hard times. Mm -hmm. You become more scrappy as jen would say what's that word scrappy oh okay and more uh 
resilient. resilient and willing to deal with adverse conditions during these points. You know, for, for, for me, it's, it's, there's a lot riding on, on, on this for me in my world, because this started off from a lot of negatives in my life. And that's how I've got here. And it's become, this is a positive in my life. This company has given me a lot to look forward to. And it's based off of our customers who believe in us. And they're really the ones who are, who are driving it. And so you have months that are not so good. And we've been through two years of good months, bad months, and what's in between. And in, in the beginning, it was harder. It was harder. And it's become easier for me to adapt and, 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 to, and to deal with. Because what I do is I look at the positives and I go, hey, you know what? Maybe we're not selling as much this month direct to consumer, but we're selling more wholesale. Maybe next month we're selling more direct to consumer, less wholesale. Yeah, it just you just don't know. But what what I do is I look and I go, okay, what can we do that's positive today? Let's get outside. Let's hike. Let's bike. Let's let's go find retailers. Let's go drum up the streets. Like you got to get out there. You got to stay motivated, even if you feel like you're never gonna make the money you want to make to keep things going in the way you want them to go. Because but you know, there's contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion, and when you're doing a new business. Be ready for both because that's what you're going to get. And if you want consistency and you think that you're going to have 10 online, 20, 50, 100 online sales every single day, and and you're going to make the same amount of money every single month, get real because you're going to find real fast that you're not going to be able to adapt. And once again, I'm just calling it how it really is. So, yeah. (laughs) Jen, you sound like you had something to to add to that. Um, No, I think it's just... Uh, being willing to adapt and, you know, not expecting anything from your hard work. I think that's a big thing. You know, people can get fixated because they're used to going, working hard at a job and getting a paycheck every day they work hard. Right. Oh. Well, you know, in business, you can work your ass off. Work you really can cuss. Hard. Can we cuss in this? <laughs> Go right ahead. I do. Really <laughs> and not get anything in return. And uh-huh. I think that's, that. that was one of the hardest things for Jen to realize in the beginning. And I have had to nail it to her every freaking week. Still, Jen, get used to it. You're going to bust your ass harder than you've ever worked in your life for every flipping penny. And get over it. Get over yourself. Who says you deserve anything? Who says I deserve anything? Who says that Melagora deserves anything? And you know what? I'm just saying that because, like I said, People think that a lot of people believe that they just deserve these things. And let me tell you, you don't. You might wake up one day and not have a job. And you better be ready to figure out how you're going to maintain your life and how you're going to keep positive and how you're going to deal with adverse to, uh, reality or whatever it is. And, and there is no, no, no one who says, hey, you're going to invest $2 million this year in your company and you're going to make twelve. You might invest $2 million in your company and make 400000 Get over it. That's life. You're not going to get ROI on every single thing. But you are getting ROI as a person because you're learning. You're learning things that no one else is willing to learn. And that's what's going to make you better to d- tomorrow and the day after than you are today because you're willing to take on adversity every single day of your life. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to say about that. Can I, I want to dive in for a moment on that because I, I really think you had a, an excellent point that it's the, the value that you're getting is, is the value in you. 
Yes. You know, the expectation, you know, for results, the expectation for, for money and growth and all of that, the reality, the, the best payoff, in my opinion, is your own personal growth. And and I, I want to kind of take a moment there because I think that I, I'm as I continue to talk to entrepreneurs, that seems to be a base for each and every one of you, myself included, because I'm in that space too. It's ex- exhilarating and it's exciting and it's nerve wracking and it's scary and there's doubt and there's like incredible personal success and damn, isn't that great? That that's what keeps me going every day. It's a thing that you can't, you know, put a dollar amount on. You can't pay for that knowledge. You can't pay for that, you know, resilience that you have gained or that strength. You can't we, pay for that. We've talked, I've talked to so many people over the last two and a half years who have asked, well, how did you do this? Well, how did you get to this point? Well, how do you, you know, or they, they got a million different questions. And, and the thing is, is what I can say is this. If you are going into something and your whole plan of the business that you're doing is how you're going to monetize and make money, be prepared to fail. Be prepared to fail miserably in 99% of the cases you're not going to make because you're not doing something for a bigger cause. If you're just if you're just here because you want to build a company and make a bunch of money and you want to drive around in fancy cars and have a big house, well, you're just wasting your time. Because you're never going to be happy with what you're doing in your personal, and you're never going to push yourself to that personal growth state because it takes failure to get there. Mm-hmm. It takes real failure. And that's one of the biggest things that when I talk to people, it's always their worry about failure. Their first step is always the worst step because they're so scared to fail. Because we grew up in a society that said, you can't fail that test. You can't fail. And then you go to college and they're like, you can't fail. And this is exactly how it's done. And then you get out of college and you're like, holy shit, that was the biggest scam in the world because none of it makes sense. None of it's real. You know why? How many of the professors that you're listening to have actually started a startup and sold it and made it? Probably 1%. So you're taking advice from people that don't even know themselves because they haven't maybe gone there. You got to be willing to fail. Let me go. I I could go back to. I thought that when last year at the beginning of the year, I thought, okay, we're struggling to get more and more online sales. We when we do direct to consumer, we sell them. Our wholesale is great. How do we get more online sales? Because online sales, when it comes to a brand, is always going to be the third thing that's going to grow. Okay, because you don't have that interaction because you're new. Okay, people don't know you. They may not trust you. So I thought, okay, we're going to hire a media marketing firm. We're going to take this risk. And I'm not going to go into who it was or what company, but let's just say we were going to, we hired a media marketing firm. Mm -hmm. And what we realized was the only people that can illustrate who we are and what we're doing is us. It was a complete failure. It was a costly failure. Another failure we had, let's see, what was the next, well, we've had many, but next big one. We went, we decided that we were going to try the mall scene. You know, should we open up a retail spot? Where should we do it? How? So you got to play around. You got to be willing to spend money and lose it. It's just how it is. So we thought, okay, we're going to go to the mall. We're going to try out this mall thing, see how well it works. What we realized is we did not do as well as we projected. 
we did it wasn't a complete failure, but I would call it a 50 50. I would call it a failure in my world because I'm looking at it going, we did not achieve what we thought we would achieve, but it clarified a lot of things for us. We paid for that knowledge. We were willing to fail for that knowledge that we needed to have. You've got to be willing to fall flat on your face because if you're not, you're never going to win. And I think both of those situations, we were looking for a short-term, not fix, but short-term, you know, make more money than we were at one point. And we realized that there's no short-term answer at all. <laughs> there's so many people who, 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 who go into, go into this stuff and they think, oh, I'm going to get, you know, a hundred thousand Instagram followers and they're, and when I put up my product, they're all going to buy, or I'm going to give a bunch of influencers my product and everyone's going to buy. Guess what? Not happening. Why? Because people who are Instagram are not engaged. They're just swiping through looking, oh, like, like, like. Why is there 5,000 likes and two comments? Not engaged. Okay, it's a reality that people have to realize. You know, you're, 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 putting, your, 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 you're putting so much into something that is, it's the easy way, right? If it was that easy, everyone would do it. Well, guess what? It's not that easy. <laughs> Brand growth is slow, 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 slow. There you go. That's the reality. Yeah. You touch on a few really important points and I, I really want to circle. I think this might be, I'm hopeful this is, is sort of encompasses it all, but really sticking to your heart-based goals, right? Is if you're true to who you are, and you follow that path, which I believe you guys have, you know, based on some of the conversation we had on, on part one of this, of the the integrity behind all of your decisions because they've been true to who you are and what you want to put it in the world. That's where the magic sauce is. Um, if you're out there to to make the the quick dollar, there's you you may make the dollar, you know, you may also lose that dollar. There's there also is a lack of integrity. And, and there's also, a, there's, a, I believe that there's a tie to what you're willing to put into it, right? If you're out there to make the money, you know, it might be okay to quit at 9 p.m. If you're out there because you love what you do, because it's deeply connected to who you are as, in, as in a being, and that's your purpose, staying up till midnight is no big deal because it's there, right? When and, I- and that's the differentiator. Yeah. When, when I started this, when I decided I was going to do this, I was um, working a part-time gig in the very beginning because it was when I was hiking and stuff. I was working from four in the morning until one in the afternoon. It was just a part-time gig. I was trying to figure out what my next step was. I had this idea. I didn't know if it was going to work. I didn't know how I was going to attack it. But And then I was doing other I was uh, I was with my boys from one about two in the afternoon until seven thirty eight o'clock at night, and then I was from eight o'clock until one or two in the morning. I was working on this company and how I was going to get it started and launched. So I mean, I was working probably like eighteen hour days easily with eighteen to twenty hours no sleep. And I did that for six months, and I felt awesome. Because I was excited mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm going to do something different with my life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the lunge. I'm probably going to lose a lot, but I'm going to figure it out. But that's really what you have to do. And that sounds easier than it is. Great. 
Not everybody, not a, here's the thing. Not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. However, here's the difference. Here's what I hear from what I hear, Chris, when you say that you're engaged in your life fully and actively. There was not, um, there wasn't a falseness about it. It was true. It was, it's what kept you going. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. 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 And if I have to work at 22, 23, I don't care if I got to work a whole 24 hours. I mean, Jen and I have done events. Oh, well, the, the event that we saw you last time at, it was, um, where was that? Uh, Breckenridge Brewery. Remember? So we worked that whole day. We got to Breckenridge Brewery, set it up. We got done there about 1030 at night and we drove all the way to Des Moines, Iowa and got to Des Moines, Iowa at, I don't know, 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning. I don't even remember pulling a, you know, a trailer on the truck the whole way full of cargo. And, <laughs> and then we had it. And then we had a bunch of people showing up to an event that we had there. And that just kept going. And then we turned around and, and, and drove back. You, you just do what you have to do. You know, if, you, if, if, if you're in the mindset to where you want comfort, well, then this is, this is not for you ever. Get really comfortable at being uncomfortable. That's, yes. where growth, that's where growth lives. Yep. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lesson that I've learned personally in this past year. <laughs> And I, and, and to this point, I, I actually seek it out. I seek out the discomfort. Where can I go? What can I do that's going to push me further and harder? Because I know there's something on the other side. I don't know what it is, but I know that there's something there. You know, it, it, it remind, it, it, it's, it's like mountain biking for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see a lot of people, they do the downhill mountain biking and, and, and stuff like that. And that's great, you know, if that's what drives you and everything. But, and Jen can attest to this. I, my most enjoyable portion of mountain biking is always uphill. I could care less about riding my bike downhill and sitting on my ass. I want to make sure that I feel like absolute dog shit when I get up to the top of each one of those hills. I want to feel like I'm ready to just die. And, and people are like, oh, I don't want to go uphill. And I'm like, what's the point of doing this if you're not willing to go up the hill, right? What's Love the it. point of going downhill if you're not willing to put up the work to get up to the top? Like, you'll never see me catch a ski lift to the top of the mountain. Not to say, hey, look, if that's what you're into, have fun. Great. But you're going to see me ride to the top because that's how I do it. Like, if I don't feel like I'm dying, it just isn't worth it. That's quite, me- quite a metaphor for life. So as we sort of wrap up this conversation, um, we are kind of coming to our final time here. Final thoughts. What are, what, are some, what are something that's really just inside of you that's dying to get out? Where are you guys going? What's the next big thing for Melavora? I know we talked a little bit about that in the beginning, but more for really for the two of you. You know, Jen and I really want to build a, a community around what we're doing. Um, for us, long term is to build our production house inside of a small retail storefront where people can come in and actually see how we are creating and making their products on a daily basis. Taking basically a brewery approach to an apparel line and to really inspire people to come in and learn more about what is, you know, what, what inspires them because that's what inspires us. We find lots of people that inspire us and and really to get our message out, which is, you know, quit 
people people are just they have got to get out of this zone of comfort like enough is enough like how many days a fucking week can you show up to work go home shower get up in the morning shower go to work go home go eat fast food eat shitty food you know i don't mean to go off but it's just a reality like enough is enough start getting into things that are real start cooking your own food start maybe growing food that's something that Jen and I are going to start doing this spring. We're going to actually start. A t- we know nothing about gardening. And I'm like, we are gardening. We are going to figure out how to grow our own food. Even if we fail the whole summer, we're going to learn. And, you know, not in that way, when we, cause we, Jen is a wonderful cook. She cooks and 99% of our meals are cooked here in our house. And really just like get out of the routine of just the, the, the constant crap. Eating unhealthy, buying unhealthy stuff, buying stuff you don't need, filling up your house with stuff you don't need. You know, it kills me. I go, we, we, you know, when we're on our way out to go mountain bike or hike and we go past a sporting goods store, I won't say any names of them or outdoor store, and they're packed with people. And I'm like, it's 60 degrees in January, people, and you guys are buying products. Get your ass out there. You don't need all this crap that you're told you need. You don't need a pair of shoes for hiking and a pair of shoes for this. And a, you just need to get out there. Yesterday, I, I, I upcycled, or this last couple of weeks, I upcycled some of my jeans into shorts and, and kind of made some cool aesthetics to them. And I, wear, I wore my jean shorts mountain biking yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, get real. You don't need a pair of biking shorts. I wear a t-shirt or a jacket and like, regular shoes and i'm and i guarantee you i ride higher harder trails than nine out of ten people who mountain bike and i don't need all of the fancy gear you know just i mean if we sell apparel and i'm sitting here telling people you don't need all of this what you need to do is be inspired and get out and, and try and get uncomfortable mm-hmm. get uncomfortable and find the things that invest in you you know, find the people that invest in you find the products that invest in you find the you know, the food that reinvest and be yourself. And I think that's the biggest message that I have. When I drive by a Taco Bell, when we're heading somewhere and I see lines of people, it it makes me sad. It truly does. It it does. It makes me sad because I'm like, if these people only knew what kind of artistic value and creative value that they could get out of cooking in their own home, what kind of healthy, you know, conscious values can they create in their home? And I'm not out to attack people who eat fast food. I'm just saying, take a different look at at your decisions. Make choices that are going to be better for you and your family and others. And that's really what I'm trying to, you know, drive. Yeah. Because the joy comes from within. Nothing external is ever going to give that to you. No. You can can buy all the shit in the world and, and, and it's really not it. We're... I'm very particular about what I buy and have been um, just because I, I, you know, because I want to make sure that the company that I'm investing in is worth investing in. So. Well, thank you guys around thank you. you. I, I'm still, I, yeah, there's more to be said. We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll always be growing. Hopefully that's our goal. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for, for today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Lee. To learn more about Lee, 
the podcast and coaching services, please join us on our Leap Facebook page at facebook.com slash what's your leap.